What's up, y'all? And welcome back to Candidly Speaking. I am so happy you are here today. My name is Carrie. If you are new here, welcome. I don't know what brought you here today, but I am sure glad it did. Now, if you're listening to this on the day that it is going out, that is Wednesday. That means it's St. Patty's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day to everyone out there. If you are celebrating, I hope you are celebrating safely, maybe with a green beer, maybe with a day off of work, maybe with just a green shirt. I don't know. I'm not huge into St. Patty's Day. I am not of large uh, Irish descent. I'm a German, uh, Polish type of girl, but uh, I have some friends who are really very Irish and really into celebrating this holiday and all that goes along with it. So I'm sending the best vibes out to anyone who really, really enjoys this holiday today. I hope you guys are having an amazing week. I'm not going to lie. This week has felt a little like out of whack to me. I was filming a project on Monday, so that was fun, but it left me a little out of whack because I came home and then the Bachelor finale was on. You guys know I like The Bachelor. The Bachelor finale was on and that was like three hours long and um I don't know if you guys know this about your girl, but I'm like in bed by like nine. Like I am like a just, I like to sleep. I like sleep is my love language. And so like it going on and on into the night was was tough for me, but I had to watch it because it was the finale. You know, if it was just a regular episode, I might've just, you know, waited till tomorrow, just done the old record and just watched it tomorrow. But I can't do that when it's the finale. So I stayed up. And then honestly, I don't know if you guys feel this way sometimes, but when I come off of being on it, air a lot of times my adrenaline's pumping I used to be an athlete back in the day and after a game you know my adrenaline was pumping and it was hard for me to fall asleep because I was just so jazzed up you know from the game and I feel that way when I get off of air so on Monday night you know not only I was on air so I was kind of like wired from that and just pumped up and then I came home to watch The Bachelor which was fun but then all that together I just could I didn't fall asleep till like 11 30 you guys that is I mean that might as well be like 3 a.m for me it was so weird it, it was strange And then the next morning, I woke up at pretty much my normal time, which is sometime between six and seven. And I was just out of it. Like I I woke up, but I wasn't all there. You know, it was just kind of like you're just going through the motions and I felt a little out of it, a little out of it. And I haven't totally recovered yet. I've I'm getting there. You know, I've done all my routine stuff. I'm a really big routine person, but I'm still just to just I don't I think it's daylight savings time too. you know, like the the spring forward, uh, you know, that's tough. And so it's really dark in the mornings when I wake up now and that's a little weird for me and so I just think you know combined with daylight savings time and then all the madness that was going on on Monday your girl is just a little out of whack this week now in other news I think I need to continue to give you guys an update on Gatsby because every week I have dropped one of these episodes I've told you about him and his little eyes and his you know vet care he's needed to have and you know the the cone he was in the cone for two weeks you guys two weeks he was in this cone and yesterday was the day he got his sutures out around his eyes and the cone is no more. So it was a good day for Gatsby J the Sharpay. He is still on some medication and he was a little little woozy yesterday. It was kind of funny, of course, as always. So he's still on some of that medication just to make sure his little eyes heal up all right. But it is looking bright for the wrinkly eldest child of the Gillespie family. All right, y'all, life updates out of the way. Let me fill you in on who's joining me on today's show. Today's guest is Derek James. Derek is a TV anchor and meteorologist at WCCB in Charlotte, North Carolina. 
Now, if you're familiar with my story and some of my history, then you're probably putting the pieces together that I met Derek when I lived in Charlotte, North Carolina. He was working at WCCB and I came on as a contributor for the morning show, which is called News Rising. I've also had on some of my other colleagues from WCCB. I had on Juliana White, who is really great and also worked in NASCAR before she worked at WCCB. And then I also had on Kim Kuhn, who is currently working in NASCAR as a pit reporter. I had her on on a previous episode. Both of those ladies were amazing. Everyone that I worked with at WCCB was was awesome. And I'm still in touch with so many of those people and I just love them. So it's been so great to have so many of them on. And I'm excited for you guys to hear from Derek today. Derek and I bonded right away because we're both Wisconsinites, to put it simply. In fact, he grew up in a city just, you know, a couple, you know, up the road from me, basically. And when I say up the road, I mean 15 or 20 minutes, but it's pretty close. So he grew up pretty close to me and we bonded over the fact that we knew similar radio stations, you know, the radio stations where he got his start and all the stuff he was doing. We even knew some of the similar same people from the industry. So we really bonded over that when we first met in Charlotte. And you kind of hear us go over that some in this interview. We reminisce about some of the names in radio and some of the people he was working with. And it was really fun to have that common ground with someone uh, when it comes to these little itty bitty radio stations in central Wisconsin. One of the things I have always admired about Derek and I continue to admire is that he is not afraid to just give something a try and just put himself out there and see what he can do. And we talk about that more in this episode and you'll hear it as he tells us about his story of how he got to be a meteorologist and how he made his way to TV because he really you know, started in radio and envisioned himself being in radio. But he's one of those people who just doesn't shy away from trying something, giving it a shot and seeing what he can do. And then once he commits to doing it, like he, he puts us all into it and it usually turns out pretty dang good. And so that's a really great quality to have and a great type of person to be, especially when you're working in media, because so much of it is flying by the seat of your pants and learning as you go, you know, trial by fire. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear this conversation. I'm going to stop talking and let you listen to it. Without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Derek James. Derek, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being here. How's it going in Charlotte? It's going pretty good. Uh, it's 70 degrees here today. Oh my God. Thanks for rubbing it in. <laughs> What's it there? Actually, uh, yesterday it was 68, so we were pretty okay. close. But today we're back down to like a seasonable like 45, which, you know, it's not horrible. Yeah, not terrible. I'm a Wisconsin girl, so that's, I mean, that's livable. Yeah. Hey, same. That's part of the reason I, well, that's one of many reasons I think I came down here <laughs> from Wisconsin. Definitely warmer, but I will say your summers are are sticky and and hot and yeah. kind of gross. <laughs> yeah. No, the summer is too humid. Like yeah. just way too humid. Yeah. Well, like they're, none of them are perfect. I'll tell you that much. I've lived in a lot of places, and none of them are perfect. So. Yep. So let's start out where we always do, which is tell me where you grew up and what you were like as a child. Oh man, uh, loaded question. Um, I'll start with uh, born in uh, Marshfield, Wisconsin, uh, central Wisconsin. So I know you're very familiar uh, with the area. Yep. Uh, both of my parents were born and raised there. Uh, I'm one of four kids. I'm the baby. I'm uh, an accident baby, as a matter of fact, um, and lived in Marshfield through third grade. Uh, my parents divorced a little bit before third grade, and then my mom went back to college and uh, started going uh, at Mid-State, which is a school in Marshfield, and then had to finish in a nearby uh, city called Wisconsin Rapids. And then as soon as she uh, finished, uh, she got a, an accounting job in Wapaka, and basically I was there then um, from fifth grade through high school. So 
Wisconsin, all over Wisconsin growing up. Okay. So yeah, you're a Wisconsin guy. That was one of our first combos. I remember we connected about Wisconsin and we're going to hear more about that, but what was like young Derek, like, like Derek as a child, what were you like? Uh, hyperactive, uh, never shut up. Um, I was also, I, I, I loved playing with kids, but I also wanted to know what all the adults were doing. I had no, I, like kids now, like even my kids, they're afraid to talk to adults. That was not me as a kid. I was the kid that was always going up and talking to adults and wanted to know what the adults were talking about and, you know, trying to get into their conversations, even though I had no idea what I was talking about. I share a lot of those same uh, qualities. I was always like, what's going on over here, guys? Like, what yeah. are we talking about? Oh, taxes? Let's let's dig in. Like, <laughs> I saw okay. something on TV yeah. the other day. <laughs> Pretty much is how it was. So tell me what your college experience was like. Where did you go to college? So it was, I have a kind of a unique situation in that I started doing radio in high school. So I um, was kind of trying to figure out you know, where could I go and do that? Um, looked at Marquette, looked at a couple other places, but I ended up because I was already doing so much in radio, I didn't want to give up uh, the part-time work that I already had. because so I was mm -hmm. working at a, a radio station in Green Bay at the time. So I actually went to uh, UW Oshkosh, um, but I only went for a year because I got offered full-time radio work and actually said, okay, <laughs> and ended up doing that. Yeah. I have another friend who I've had on the podcast in radio, Mike Warren. I think you know him or have yeah. met him. And he did the same thing where he went to school for a semester and it, it was great. It was fine. But he got offered like the job that he was going to school for while he was in school. So he's like, he, he's like, what am I? Of course, like that's what yeah. I'm going to school for. I'll take the job. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what I was finding too was that, you know, especially in radio, it was like a radio TV film minor sure. uh, or major, I should say. And a lot of the stuff wasn't really pertinent because radio was rapidly changing at that time. You know, we were going from playing CDs to everything going digital and editing. And, you know, they were still talking about, you know, cutting tape and stuff like that. So I, I found that it was probably better to get, get more of the training on the job. Yeah. So what was the first, tell me about the first job. What did you do? So the first job was at a really small station in Wapaka in high school. This would have been the summer before my sophomore year. Um, I was doing a little bit of everything. A uh, little 6,000-watt radio station, WDUX, 92.7, uh, <laughs> which is still there. It's called something else now. Um, and I, I would do um, running the board for high school football games, uh, Milwaukee Brewers baseball games, um, I was cutting tape, making the, the little cassettes that we recorded on back in those times, the carts. Um, and then eventually it uh, ended up turning into doing some news at that station. So I would uh, do the local news, uh, weather, obituary page on Saturday mornings. All right. Now, some people might not know if you're not in the radio you know, industry, what does it mean? Everyone in radio knows this is like a rite of passage, but what does it doing the board mean? You're like a so, board op. What does that mean? Yeah. So basically you're um, running everything from, you know, if it was a high school football game, basically you were the one turning the mics on and off for the announcers that were doing the game and then playing all of the commercials. And so you'd have uh, what they call a log, which is just a sheet that lists all of the commercials. And uh, so then whenever we would go to a break, you're the one pushing all those buttons. Um, and, and, and then like for Brewers baseball, it's, it's the same thing because it's coming from 
you know, WTMJ in Milwaukee, your job is to cover up all of the Milwaukee references and keep everything local uh, during the broadcast. It's kind of a rite of passage, isn't it? Everyone in radio oh, yeah. like, being a board op. Yep. <laughs> and it's and, the very unglam, like it's so unglamorous, but it's so like necessary. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I, w- I will say the, the, the one thing, because the longer you do it, the easier you think it is and the lazier you get. So WDOX was in this like little house and they had an outside speaker and so I would, I got so bored with like, you know, baseball games gone for a very long time. I know Derek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, very well. Yes, I and, do. <laughs> so, so what would happen is I would be like, well, I'll go outside. It's a nice day. I'm going to, it's summer. I'm going to go wash my car. Well, a pitching change can come out of nowhere. And the worst part about a pitching change is, is that, you know, you can't be away from the board when that happens because you may have 10 seconds. They may say, okay, there's a pitching change. You know, this is the Milwaukee Brewers radio network. I'm still outside. So I am sprinting from outside where I was washing my car to run in. And, and of course, we had different commercials that played for advertisers that were specific to a pitching oh, oh. change. Oh, yeah. And of course, I didn't have that cued. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so that was probably the biggest mistake I ever made. So I'm pretty sure someone heard a local Milwaukee commercial for about 20 seconds before we dipped into the thing. We were maybe longer. I don't know. I'm sure that, I mean, maybe your superiors knew, but no one else at home is going to know. That's the other thing I've learned about media yeah. in general. And, and even with TV, uh, like if you brush it off or if you like, you know, take it in stride, people don't care or even notice half the time. Yeah. No, you're, you're exactly right. And that's why you have to, you have to move on very quickly. I mean, that's the one thing about media is mistakes will happen and you can't, a lot of people in this business, perfectionists, right? We want to do everything just right. We wanted everything to be perfect. And then we make a mistake and we dwell on it where you have to be like one and done and like get that out of your head and just move on to, to, you know, the next, the next thing. I found too, you have to like be a good sport about it and laugh about it. And like, like you said, know that it's going to happen, but then be able to like move on. But the thing I think that makes people in in this industry perfectionist is because like our mistakes, like everyone sees, like if an accountant messes up the books, it's only like, you know, a couple people who know about it. But if I make a mistake on air, everyone's, you know, hearing about it, knowing about it. And if I've got buddies in the newsroom, they're ringing me out for it and making fun of me. And, uh, you know, it's kind of one of those things where like, we all do it. So when a buddy like makes a mistake on air, you're, you like, you replay it and you're like, dude, you totally messed that up. Like, come on, you know. Oh yeah. It becomes an ongoing joke or thing or whatever. Yeah. But it's fun and it's part of the culture and you get better at it as it goes on, I think. I don't well, know. well, yeah. And I and I think that's what keeps people grounded is you have to be surrounded by other people that aren't going to let you get too high and mighty and, and, and puffy on yourself. Because the, the minute you do that, I, I feel like you kind of lose. You know, at that yeah. point, you're not you're not being your authentic self because I at least I hope most people don't think that highly of themselves. <laughs> I think sometimes it's the platform that amplifies them to that level. Yeah, no, 100%. Tell me about the next step after the little, you know, radio station in Wapaka. What was the next step for you? So this is kind of crazy. While I was working at that station, still in high school, I was listening to another radio station out of uh, Wausau. So anybody from Wisconsin will know these call letters, uh, WIFC, which uh, yes, 95.5. Yeah. yeah. 
big top 40 radio station and covers way further than just central Wisconsin it, because it's, you know, top of rib mountain, huge 100,000 watts of <laughs> music, pa -pa 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 power. Um, <laughs> so I was listening to that station one night and a guy who was on the air at WIFC for years uh, was Keith rock and roll Roberts. And he was the seven to midnight guy and he was doing some kind of contest or something. And I called in, I won whatever the contest was. I can't remember if it was like reciting back the, the top five at nine or whatever it might be. And I won something. And at the end, they always ask you, what radio station just made you a winner? And in, in a very radio voice, I said, 95.5 WIFC. And the guy was, we got done record, you know, because it's a recorded thing when you call in to win a contest. We get done and he's like, are you in radio? <laughs> it was really good. <laughs> I was like, you, you said W, which is usually a giveaway when you don't say W. That's yeah. just kind of a, a thing. And I said, uh, <laughs> I said, well, actually, I work at this little radio station in Wapaka. And he said, well, you, you know, you should, you should apply here. You should do some weekends or something here. And so I, I kind of thought it was funny, but as the conversation went on, he was taking my information down for the prize or whatever it was. He was saying, seriously, I want you to give uh, our program director, uh, you know, your information and everything else. And I, I ended up interviewing at that station uh, and got a, a weekend uh, gig doing on air there at this station that I, I mean, for me, WIFC was the station growing up. It still is like the, it's still a huge station in central Wisconsin. If I want to listen to, you know, I'm more of a country music girl, but mm -hmm. when I go home and I want to listen to top 40, like WIFC is like the station. Yeah. And, and there, and I grew up listening to all those guys and a lot of them were there for, for a number of years. And when I got there, they were in the middle of um, being sold. The Milwaukee journal sold them to Midwest communications. Who's their current owner and has been for well, like a lot of years now, because I mm -hmm. think that was in the mid nineties that that happened. And they brought in um, a new morning host who is still there to this day and is a huge mentor. And I learned so much watching him is Dave Calloway. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> so Dave, um, he had, he was already, he had a co-host who was um, a local news person and I believe she was leaving to take a TV job, probably a channel seven or channel nine in town. And they didn't have anybody to take the position for a while. Well, they realized that previously I had done news at the station in Wapaka. And they said, what do you think about doing the news headlines on Dave's show every morning before you go to school? So I uh, was able to work it out with the administrators in Wapaka. And I basically did like a school to work thing where I'd get up and mind you, I'm driving from Wapaka to Wausau, which is over... <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. Wow. So, so as a high school, I was getting up super early in the morning. I can't remember. It was like three, whatever it was, and would drive to Wausau, do Dave's show from like six to nine. And then I would drive back to Wapaka and do classes in the afternoon. And I did that for several months before that next uh, person came in. And so that was you're... a huge experience. Yeah, so you're in high school and you're like, I've made it. I'm on WIFC. <laughs> yeah, I was like, it doesn't get any better than this. <laughs> yeah, I'm at the top. I've reached the top. <laughs> yeah, I mean, outside of being Casey Kasem, what else is there to do? Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. So from there, you know, when, you know, you're still in high school and you're, that's crazy. That's absolutely yeah. crazy. It was, it was, a, it was weird. It was great though, because 
you know, no one, I, I, I will give them credit is no one treated me any differently than any of the, the other folks. And I, and I think, um, Dave kind of wrapping his arms around me meant a lot when, you know, having his endorsement because the morning guy is, is your lead guy at mm-hmm. any radio station. He's, he's kind of the one that sets the tone for everything. And just him being, being so great to me was, was probably why everything worked as well as it did and why I was able to get so many opportunities so early on. That's amazing. And so great to hear because he's he's such a fixture there. He's still there. And I know I don't think Stacy does the morning show with him anymore. But for a long time, it was Dave Calloway and Stacey yeah. morning show, at, you know, WIFC. And it was the most popular morning show in all of central Wisconsin. I mean, it might still be. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I remember at one point he briefly left and yeah, yeah. the ratings took a, a dive and they, they, they came to their senses and, you know, and, and put him back on there. So. Yeah, I do remember that, too. And I think when he came back, he said he wasn't going to come back without his co-host, who I think at the time was Stacy. Yeah. But I do remember that. And as soon, it was so weird. As soon as he left, it was like, Mah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it was not subtle. It was like, Psh, like, yeah, but that's so great to hear that he was so welcoming and open to mentoring you. Do you guys still talk today? Oh, uh, we more so through, um, through social media and, and messaging and things like that. And I'm always keeping up on, on what he's doing. And, and my mom still lives in central Wisconsin, uh, my sister as well and her family. So they also let me know what he's doing on, on the show. And of course, on anytime I'm, you know, back home visiting, I have to, you know, I have to turn it on. Yeah, of course. So when, when does TV come into the picture for you? Did you always think, you know, I'm a radio guy or when did you start to think maybe I should do some TV? Well, it's kind of funny because I always kind of wanted to do that, but I'd always been kind of led to believe that, you know, without a four-year degree in journalism and everything else, the TV chances were were kind of slim and none. Um, I worked at a couple other stations across Wisconsin. I worked in Green Bay for a while. Um, and then I actually got hired as a program director at uh, what was at the time Y108 in Wausau. Mm-hmm. Um, we changed the format of that station um, with a guy, a consultant by the name of Bill Phillips. And we flipped the format on Y108 to like a hot adult contemporary. And this mm-hmm. was probably, I think this was in 99, around 2000. And we changed the format on that station and we when when I took the job, they said, okay, along with being the program director of, of this station, you're, you're either going to have to be the morning guy or the afternoon guy. Well, I'm 20 years old going on 21 at the time. And I'm like, I do not want to be the morning guy. I want <laughs> to get up as late uh, as possible, having done mornings before uh, at WIFC and, and a couple other places. So, I had to find a syndicated show for morning mm-hmm. or find someone else that could host it for the budget we have. And mm-hmm. honestly, it looked like a, a good syndicated show was probably our best option for, for the budget we had and was getting all these different CDs from all these different um, morning shows from around the country. And uh, a show called Bob and Sherry came across my desk and I'd never heard of them before. They're out of Charlotte, North Carolina broadcast all over the country live and i listened to it and i was like oh my god this this is an amazing show this sherry lynch is hilarious Mm -hmm. and it fits the format perfectly so the general manager also loved it the sales department bob and sherry so we ended up uh, picking up the bob and sherry show uh on that station and we went from being in the basement of the ratings to really quickly you know getting getting into like the top five and, and, and making, making some noise. And 
So I was doing afternoons programming that station and our general manager decided to fly Bob and Sherry uh, in to do a market visit. And so they took a private plane, uh, came in to central Wisconsin. Give me time airport. And we did, uh, we did a couple things. We did a, um, they did their show live uh, from uh, the Marshall Clinic. Um, and we tied it into Children's Miracle Network. Oh, that's awesome. So they did the show live there. Then they visited some of the kids. And then we had a, a, another event. I think it was that evening then in Wausau, which was kind of a wine and dine schmooze uh, clients. And then the next day, we did a best ball uh, golf tournament at a little golf course between uh, Wausau and uh, Stevens Point at the time. And hit it off with Bob and Sherry. And when I was there, they said, oh, you, you got to get out of this place. This, get out of here. No, you, you shouldn't be here. You should be, you should be doing more. And, and again, I'm thinking, this is just the suck up that you do. This is what they say to everyone. Yeah, you're, you're an affiliate. They're just, they're just telling you you're great because, you know, you're carrying their show. And I'm like, yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. And then, and Sherry and Bob are like, no, you, you need to, we have a new program director. His name's Neil Sharp. Here's his email. Send him, send him, you know, your demo. I'm like, okay, whatever. So I send my stuff uh, to Neil, thinking nothing of it. And one afternoon, I get a call, and it's, uh, hey, it's uh, Neil Sharp from uh, 107.9 The Link in uh, Charlotte. Um, Bob and Sherry told me I have to hire you. <laughs> Bob and Sherry, nice. Yeah, and and so uh, so I, I was like, okay, well, what kind of, you know, what do you have? And he said, I'm going to be honest with you. I can get you 30 hours a week right now. Um, you know, he said, I, you know, I understand your, your programming there and you're doing all this. I don't know if, if you're interested in moving to a bigger market, if you've ever been to North Carolina, I had not. Um, so I kind of, I don't know what it was that told me at that moment to do it, but I packed up my stuff and figured I, you know, if I'm going to do something crazy like this, do it young. And if I fall flat on my face, I'll, I'll come home. <laughs> you can recover. You got time yeah. to recover. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I ended up doing and uh, started uh, part-time at the link and uh, worked my way in, you know, to full-time and eventually into the programming department of the, as the music director there, assistant program director, and had a pretty good run of five years before the switching over to TV. And, you know, what was your, you know, being a Midwest guy coming to Charlotte, what was your first impression of North Carolina? I would love to hear uh, this because I also have a first impression because I did something similar. So I'd love to hear your impression. Well, so the, the funniest thing that I remember happening is, is well, first it's a 20, it was a 20 some hour drive. Long drive. Yeah. And in those days, you know, you didn't have GPS, you had MapQuest. So oh I had like all these pages of stuff and I'm also towing like my little Hyundai Elantra and it's just me and a buddy uh, driving this U-Haul, towing my car. And we get into the North Carolina mountains. Oh, yeah. I, like Asheville. We're going through the mountains. And I'm telling you that we're not moving. Like we're trying to go up and like we're just not. It's just there's nothing is happening. I, Carrie, I thought we were going to die. I thought my friend and I were going to die. We weren't even going to make it to Charlotte, like in the mountains of North Carolina, trying to haul this car. It was um, I will say. It, the, 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 the slower pace mm -hmm. um, and just um, I went into a restaurant. I don't remember where where it was in Charlotte, but I went in and I like unsweetened iced tea. Mm -hmm. And normally you order just, you know, unsweet tea. And I remember ordering and the waitress, she looked at me 
like, what is wrong with you? And she said, and she said to me, honey, you don't want that. <laughs> and I said, no, I want an unsweetened tea. And she's like, but then you want me to bring you your own sugar? And I was like, no, I want an unsweet tea. And, and she just, she was shocked. She could not believe. And, and then she realized, she's like, you're not from around here. Yeah, like, you yeah. should have <laughs> just had a big sign across your chest that said not from around here. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then, of course, then the voice like, where are you from? You know, became a, a whole whole thing. Yeah. You know, I love when I went, you know, when we've, I've lived in, I lived in Alabama for a while with my husband and then Florida and North Carolina. And I love when I go to those places and people are like, oh, it's your accent. And I'm like, my accent. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Mid, a Midwest accent to me is like the most non-accent accent. Yeah. But I've been told I had so many people in North Carolina and all these other places that were like, yeah, it's your accent. And I'm like, okay. Like, <laughs> pot kettle black like yeah well and the one word that i do know always caught people here was and i don't know if it's just the way i was saying it then and it's probably changed in 20 years but i'd say bag oh sure like a garbage bag and they're like bag where are you from we we have our long like our long vowels i you're like oh no like like our our yeah and i can always tell people who aren't from wisconsin they say wisconsin Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's Wisconsin. Like, it's almost like there's an A there instead of an O, Wisconsin. <laughs> Wisconsin. And people are like, Wisconsin? And I'm like, no, that's that's false. That's not correct. Like, <laughs> Well, it's even it's even worse when it's Wisconsin. Yes. The number of times I've heard the Wisconsin Badgers on, like, <laughs> watching a football game, and I'm like, do you see an E in there? It's yeah. not Illinois. It's, you know, it, it's Wisconsin. It's, it's yes. not Wisconsin. The other yeah. one that drives me crazy, and uh, uh, Joe Buck always does this. They say Green Bay wrong. Yeah. They say Green Bay. Yes. They put like the Green pause Bay. in there in a weird spot. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't, no, it's Green Bay. Yeah. <laughs> correct. Definitely correct. So tell me about how TV came to be something that was on your plate. Okay. So there's, there's kind of two different little stories here. One was um, the, the TV, the TV station. Uh, there was a TV station in the uh, radio building I was working in, uh, in Charlotte. So there were two radio stations at the time. There was a big news talk AM and then the FM uh, Bob and Sherry station, which was like a hot adult contemporary adult top 40, whatever. And then a CBS affiliate. And we were all in the same building at, at various times under the same ownership, not under the same ownership. Um, and what happened was I was doing the afternoon show, uh, with Matt and Ramona kind of as like the third wheel producer on that show, along with being the uh, assistant program director, music director, and the TV station down the hall had a situation where they needed someone to fill in on weather for them, um, during Christmas time. And they did not have any options. They had some changes go on over there and someone got let go and some other people were, you know, out of town and they thought somebody over there thought, well, what if we did like a stunt and had somebody fill in from the radio on the morning show? And somehow it was suggested that that person uh, be me. And uh, one of the meteorologists there, who's still uh, there to this day, who's fantastic. Uh, Al Conklin basically gave me like a crash course in doing weather on TV and they had someone who made all the graphics and, and made all the forecasts. So basically I was just there to kind of relay the information at the time and it went pretty well. Um, well enough the week that I filled in that the assistant news director, uh, who's now my boss at a different TV station, 
said, you should, you should go to school at Mississippi State and get your certificate in meteorology. Like, if, if you want to do TV, this is, is your way in. And I was like, really? Like, I've always found weather interesting. And I thought about it. And so I, I looked into it and found out I could do it while still working full time. Um, through a distance program that Mississippi State has and that a lot of um, folks that do TV weather actually go through this process if they if they don't do, you know, traditional four year meteorology school. So I ended up doing that while doing radio at the same time. Um, and then when the assistant news director who did that stunting with me ended up at uh, another TV station in the market, uh, WCCB, uh, they had an opening that came up for someone to do uh, weekend weather there. And I ended up there. <laughs> so you're a weather guy all of a sudden. So then, yeah. So then suddenly I'm, I'm doing weather. Wow. It, yeah. And, and, and at that time, it was kind of funny. I, I, I was trying to figure out what was going to be next in radio. And it's one of those weird things. Like, you know how things just happen to work out. It was one of those weird things where I was up for a job at our sister station um, in Atlanta. And I had already been working, and this just shows how nuts media people are. I was working Monday through Friday in Charlotte full time and then trying to do the school thing. And then I would go to Atlanta on several weekends a month and would work Saturday and Sunday at our sister station in Atlanta, uh, which was a top 40 station, uh, Star 94. And I you know, really wanted to go to Atlanta and thought I was going to and come to find out for some reason, somewhere along the line, someone blocked basically my promotion or move to that station. And it wasn't long after that, that the TV thing kind of fell in my lap. Wow. And I mean, weather is one of those things where I feel like if you're going to do it and I'm not a weather girl or anything, but like essentially like there are the fact, like you're gathering the facts and you're like reporting on it. And sometimes the weather's really great and it's super awesome. And then other times the weather sucks and people like hate you. I have a weather friend from when I worked in Milwaukee and he tweets like the funniest stuff, but it's one of those things where like, you kind of have to have fun with it. Otherwise it's so stale and boring and like, yep. the. Well, and, and, and really, you know, you think about Charlotte, one of the reasons that it's, it's a popular place and a lot of people move there is because it has a lot of days of good weather. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, there's an ice storm here or there, but you're not dealing with constant snow events. You know, if you do deal with a hurricane, it's the remnants thereof. It's mm -hmm. not the big stuff. And you do have a lot of the year that the weather is, you know, pretty darn nice. Mm -hmm. and, and like you said, you know, three minutes saying how nice it is, isn't going to cut it. You have to yeah. have more to say than, than just that. Yeah. And make it like, I mean, at the end of the day, like find a way to entertain people, you know, and tell them what they need to know, like give them the, yep. facts, but then like, <gasps> yes, exactly. McGregor. <laughs> I don't know why he's barking at that. <laughs> he liked that. See, he wants to be entertained. Where, where, where are you? Where are you? Oh, can you see him from here? I don't know if you can. I saw him walk by before. Oh, oh there God. he is. Oh, and you just adopted him, didn't you? Yeah. That's so, so I don't know. I don't know if he saw something outside or if he just really wanted to agree with me. Or... He likes the weather. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, you're doing weather. Is this, you know, and, and I know things evolved from there. How, because you do so much more now at WCCB. So how, how did it evolve <laughs> from there? I mean, okay. I, I feel like that. <laughs> I feel like that's the story of your career. You've just done something and then it, as you've done it, you've done it well and it's evolved from there. Yeah. And, and it was one of those things where they, you know, whenever there was a need for something, 
I just always said yes. I was mm-hmm. never, even even if I was nervous or a little kind of like eh, about it, I'm like, what's the worst thing that can happen? They don't ask me to do that particular thing again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I ended up doing a lot of um, reporting and live shots and things like that. And um, the station has a, a very unique show at night that's unlike much of anything else in the country called The Edge that they do at 1035 at night after their standard newscast. And it's more of a ad lib based it almost it's it's kind of like a a radio type morning show but at night you know and and um i would fill in on that show quite a bit um and that was a lot of fun and i think it played to those strengths of ad lib which you know as you know anyone who does weather we should be very clear with this meteorologists don't have scripts they're they don't read off a teleprompter and sadly some people still believe that but it's it's completely storytelling on AdLib. There is no script anywhere if you're watching a meteorologist, whether that's your local person or the weather channel, that is all telling the story completely extemp. Yeah. You know, and actually that makes me want to pick your brain about this, but being able to storytell and being able to go off a prompter. And I think of Ron Burgundy, how he reads whatever's on the prompter. <laughs> yeah, And that's great. Teleprompters are, are great tools. But sure. like at the end of the day, if you're a journalist and you want to be able to, yeah, tell stories of evoke emotion, like that doesn't come from reading a prompter generally. Like you have yep. to have this other uh, je ne sais quoi that, you know, makes it so that you can convey a story and get some emotion going without that prompter yeah and and there's also even something to how you read something because if everything is in a teleprompter is read the same way it there's no difference in the stories you Mm -hmm. you can't have you know a a story of something really really serious and tragic that happens sound exactly the same as a story about you know a new crispy cream donut or some new thing mcdonald's is doing and You know, that's one of those things that I don't know that you can teach. And I think sometimes what happens is if someone's done it for so long and they've just read straight news in that same way, there's no way to to break them from it. Whereas I came in kind of on the back door and it's like, okay, now learn how to read news in a in a different type of way. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's so true. Tell me some about the snark report, because it's so interesting and unique and you just like the weather you add your own flair to it in so many ways so this is the best way that i can explain it to somebody who hasn't seen it is this is my homage to the soup um which uh has had various incarnations on e i mm-hmm. think probably joel McHale was the one that really kind of brought it back to life and it's had some other hosts over the years. I know Greg Kinnear was like the original host of that show. And when it, that show started, cause I remember, cause I watched it, I, I was a fan of it from the beginning. That was, they only used to show talk show clips. Hmm. It was all clips from Sally, Jesse Raphael and Maury and Ricky Lake and stuff like that. And it had obviously evolved when reality TV sort of happened mm-hmm. and it was just, you know, a kind of a clip show poking fun at all of this stuff. And I just absolutely, you know, loved that format. And for years working at the TV station, I kind of wanted to do something like that. And I kind of pitched some different things, um, I remember when I first pitched it, I think it was only like a 60 second thing that would have like three really quick stories with some kind of little smart, smarmy, you know, remark or or something to the writing. And it was going to be called Dirty Little 60. Well, that 
that never happened, you know, and, and I always kind of had it on the back burner. And then I can't remember how I got to bringing the idea back up again. And I kind of threw it out there. And this time I think I sold it better and said, have you seen the soup? This would be our version of the soup. Mm -hmm. Um, And I got kind of a, an okay on it. And, you know, the nice thing is, and I don't know that this happens very often. I was able to sometimes fall flat on my face and they just, they just let it keep going. Mm -hmm. Like they let it grow and let it grow and slowly get a little bit better. And they were never really freaking out about it. They were kind of letting me, you know, find my way with it, which I don't know that that happens very often anymore with most things. Well, I think it sounds like, I mean, you earned their trust and their respect and all the other things that you were bringing to the table, you know, at, at the TV station that you came and you were like, I want to try this. And they gave you a shot and they, you know, kept giving you those shots because you had proven your worth in other areas. And I think that's a good testament to other people too. Like you might not be able to do like exactly what you want to do right away, but like, you know, show people that you can be trusted to do what they need you to do. And eventually they might get to the point where they let you do what you want to do. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, obviously they, you know, if you watch a, um, you know, one of these late night shows or even a show like the soup, there's a ton of writers. I mean, if you've mm-hmm. ever seen the awards for something like, you know, when, when, you know, the daily show wins an award, 25 people walk up on the stage and those are all just writers. Yeah. <laughs> That's not including all the other people. So to try to come up with, you know, some of it is, is just observation, but some of it is, you know, an attempt at comedy on a daily basis. And, and honestly, it's just me writing it. And the fact that they were willing to kind of go out on a limb and just let one guy try to come up with some stuff uh, that that's funny on a regular basis and sometimes is going to hit and sometimes isn't, you know, that's, that's pretty cool to be able to experiment like that on a daily basis, because obviously, you know, I'm not a professional comedian. I'm not going to hit a home run every time. I'm not going to, there's going to be some days that are kind of, eh. but the hope is, is that it's still interesting enough from a content perspective that it doesn't have to always be hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's still informing you in some way. Yeah. It's, it's still interesting. And you know, we, we, a lot of people say they don't watch reality shows, but they watch reality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or they know like the basic, like what's in the sausage type of thing. Yep. They, they, they understand how ridiculous this stuff is and how some of the people are just the reason they're there in a lot of ways is because they're easy to make fun of. They're easy to laugh at with whatever you want to say. Yeah. So, uh, you know, compared to what you're doing now, what you kind of started out doing and now what you're doing now, I know you do a lot of stuff in the morning show hosting and whatnot, and then you have your own segments and you also do a lot of entertainment news. So you're interviewing like the, some of the CW stars, which I sure. know is, is really cool. Like compared to where you started and where you're at now, how, do, how's the view looking back? Like, did you ever like envision this is where it would all be? No, no, because, you know, honestly, I really thought I was going to go down the radio path, um, you know, especially with, with the opportunity in Atlanta, I, like, I thought, okay, if I get this job at star 94, like that's the new peak, that's the new, I'm good. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm would be very content um, working at, at this particular station. I mean, this is where Ryan Seacrest used to work. Like I was like, okay, Ryan Seacrest, uh, you know, cracked the mic at this radio station and now I'm working at it. You know, small town, Wisconsin kid, like it doesn't, it doesn't get much better than that. Yeah. And then yeah. to end up end up doing TV, 
I mean, that's, it's just like the icing on the cake. It's kind of like the, the pinch me, you know, kind of thing. Like they're, they're still paying me to, do this. <laughs> yeah. you know, 16 years also at the, at the same station. Like it's uh, my time's running out. It's gotta be. <laughs> I don't think so. I think you're going to be there forever. <laughs> well, who knows? You never know in, in, in this business, but you I mean, don't. you know, and and I think, and, and you can attest to this, Carrie, because you you worked at WCCB as well, is that it was a very, it's a different environment um, than a lot of TV stations. And I think for TV to remain relevant with what's happening with YouTube and social and apps and who knows what's going to be next after TikTok and, and some of these other things, if TV wants to stay relevant, it's going to have to be local and it's going to have to be a heck of a lot different because yeah. just, just delivering straight news and not doing any kind of entertaining or doing anything different or trying anything, that's not going to work yeah. uh, long-term. No, diversify, diversify, diversify. It's that's the name of the game. And and like you said, even traditional news stations that, you know, in their heyday could could thrive and survive and get all the ad dollars and do all the things. There even those now I'm seeing they even those places need to diversify. And you know, failure to even like admit that you need to do that is just gonna I mean ship's gonna sink real quick. But yeah. I agree. WCCB was always um maybe this is like an older term, but like cutting edge, I felt like they were always trying to do new fun things and, and just work in ways that they could, you know, give you the news, but then also entertain you and do other things. And it was always also a fun place to be, I thought. Yeah. And and it reminds me, there's the the biggest success story of of doing this and doing it very well, in my opinion, is WGN in Chicago. WGN's morning news. I mean, it's, it's a news program, but it's also one of the most entertaining, funny, unpredictable um, things you'll ever see. And not a lot of big companies in uh, WCCB is a locally owned, it's a family owned station. So you're more likely, you know, to be able to take those kind of chances than in some of these corporate scenarios where it's got to get through 30 layers before they'll let you try something, you know, a little bit different. Yeah. What is your advice to someone who sees Derek James on, you know, WCCB and it's like, I want to do what that guy does or who wants to be on the radio or, or just wants to be in media and, and get paid to do fun stuff? Yeah, I think for, for younger folks, for folks that are, you know, younger than us, especially what I've come in contact with as high schoolers is that, you know, or even college age, they're, they're like, well, I don't really want to do TV you know, I want to, I want to be an influencer and I, I want to do all these things. And one of the things about that is, is that's not easy. The people that do that, that is very difficult to do. If you only knew what they do day in and day out. And I, and, and I'm obviously I'm being you know pretty general as, as I say that, and there, there may be some that it, it's a very simple thing and they've, you know, they did one video and they're just kind of working off of that. But you have to have a platform and TV, radio, they're still huge platforms mm-hmm. at this point. You know, it, it, you, you have to be able to also, you know, hone, hone your skills because how do you make this thing last over time? I mean, that's, that's one of the things that I think too many people think, well, I'm going to, I'm going to start a, a YouTube channel. Okay. Well, is that something you can keep going for three years? Mm-hmm. Is that something you can keep going for five years? Mm-hmm. You know, is that something where you're going to be able to, maybe transition and end up, you know, going national and doing, you know, TV or, or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's an understanding that there's still a lot of good opportunities in radio and TV if you're 
you're willing to to take them because you know those jobs you know anybody who, who's been in them know they they don't pay well to start you're no. probably going to end up doing something else at the same time yeah and i think you you mentioned you know having just do things with purpose i feel like like have if you're going to start a youtube channel or podcast or something like that then like find a way to make sure that you can parlay that into like selling yourself into your next job you know yep. and or you know use that to show that you can interview people or that you can come up with concepts and write scripts like that is valuable stuff so don't don't just like do random shit to do random shit like have a purpose yeah and and, and show that you understand you know composition video editing yeah you know that you understand production um you know i do a lot of my own editing for for some of my segments i and that's probably a control thing but i would rather put the time in to do it myself than to push that off on somebody else that maybe doesn't have the exact same vision mm-hmm. um that that you do and you got to be willing to do that because it's more than just you know getting in in front of one of these cameras going hey guys like, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's there's just there's so much more to it and and especially if you want to last i mean and that's that and that's the game that i think we're all trying to play at least that's the game i you know i i'm trying to figure out okay what do i do how do i sell the skills and what i do to make sure that you know it's still valuable to the tv station year after year and then what if it isn't one day well what do i do mm-hmm. you know where do i go i mean that that's something that i think anybody in media has to think about how do i take what i did here and how could i do it on this platform? Mm -hmm. How could I take it to a podcast? How could I take it, you know, to some type of media channel? How could I, you know, maybe offer my services to a business? How could I help, you know, in marketing? What could I do with the skills, you know, that I've, I've been trying to hone all for all this time? I have to say, uh, before I let you go, one of the things I love about you is that even though you spent just a little bit of time, you know, your adolescence in Wisconsin, you are still a Green Bay Packers fan. Oh, <laughs> I have more people say, aren't you a Panthers fan now? Like, what? Hell would, no. you say, would you, yeah, would you say that to a Steelers fan? Like, yeah. it's like, it's like disrespect. Like, you know, if you, it, it's like, we don't have fair weather. There's no such thing as a fair weather fan in Wisconsin. There nope. isn't. Nope. I mean, you don't see people leaving at halftime of a game. You don't see people leaving in the third quarter until the game is over. You don't leave Lambo. Yeah. And most importantly, <laughs> you have, I have seen imparted that wisdom on your children. So we have the next generation of Packer fans. I see your boys, you dress yep. them in the Packer clothes. So more importantly, that legacy will live on. <laughs> That's right. And if you want to, as a little side thing, have some other team, you go right ahead. But <laughs> there is a very clear one, one A, one B, one C, and then you can have whatever else you want. <laughs> Good. That's the important stuff. You know, I have, uh, you know, relatives that haven't lived in Wisconsin for 30 plus years and they yep. still, I mean, they still live, breathe, die like the Packers. Like you can lose a lot of your Wisconsinness, but you almost never lose your love for the Packers, I feel like. No, that it's absolutely true. And it's funny, like the one thing that I've that's been kind of annoying more than anything about COVID and not being able to travel and everything has been, you know, those trips home. And it's not even just like going to a game. It's it's just the I always tell people that that like Wisconsin, everybody's your friend. And the example I always use is and I haven't seen this anywhere else. Maybe it happens other places. But I remember 
I used to live down the street from Lambeau Field in Schwabenon when I was working on a radio station in Green Bay. And I'd go down there without tickets and just like go to the tailgate. There's no more welcoming place in the world. And I'll, I'll put it even up against an, any college tailgate, anything like that, than the people of Wisconsin at a Green Bay Packers tailgate, offering you something to drink. Offering so I got a ticket one time, Carrie. I had somebody that was like, oh, you seem like a good guy. You know, and you're gonna go get, we got an extra ticket. I'm like, what? Yep. The, what other world does that happen? We're, we're jolly people, especially after a couple of beverages in us. Everyone's your best friend. <laughs> yeah. Am I getting some, do I get spotted cow in the, can you mail me some or something for doing I know. this? How that... I actually just was home a couple weeks ago to visit my family and I brought a case back with me and I was like the nectar of the gods. <laughs> They'll come back with me. Like it's, <laughs> but yeah. Anytime I do get jealous. Anytime I see it like on Facebook or, or something, I'm like, oh man. I know. It's like, it's been too long without one. The nostalgia, really. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for joining me, Derek. Tell everyone yeah. where they can find you on socials. And sure. I think you have a Facebook page with the Snark Report and stuff too. So tell yep. us all about that. So uh, it's just Derek James TV, D-E-R-E-K, James TV. And that's for uh, basically Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And then for the Snark Report, uh, it's just facebook.com slash Snark Report. And you can find me in all those places. That was TV anchor and meteorologist Derek James. For more inspiring interviews with people like Derek, head on over to carriegillespie.com slash podcast. I appreciate each and every one of you for being here and listening to the show. It means the world to me that you come here and give me your time to share my stories with my friends and people who I find inspiring. It really means a lot to me. If you are really enjoying the show and really enjoying this content, it would mean the world to me if you went to Apple Podcasts and left us a five-star rating and wrote a review about why you like the show. That is so helpful for helping the show grow, shows the algorithm that we are doing cool stuff and y'all like it, which means that they're going to show it to more people, which means we're going to get more people to join the community and be a part of the fam here. So it would really mean the world to me. Everyone who has written a review so far, thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't forget, y'all, you can follow us on Instagram. We are at Candidly Speaking Podcast. Find us there. I always post stuff about the guests and what's going on on the show there on Instagram. You can also find me. I am at Carrie.Gillespie. I do all sorts of stuff on a daily basis. Usually take pictures of my dogs and my cats and random stuff like that. So go check it out, you guys. Follow along there. In the meantime, if you need more information about anything I mentioned here, show notes, anything like that, you can go to CarrieGillespie.com slash podcast. Thank you so much for listening, y'all. You guys are the best. I love having you as part of this community. I hope you have an amazing week.